Good morning, Theo. Good morning, Alexi. Have you had breakfast yet? <laughs> yes, thank you very much for asking. Have you? No, you know, I fast. I eat once a day normally. Yes. Apart from the weekends when I, when I do tend to relax. Right. Okay, so don't eat. Good idea. Um, ah, fine. Well, well, as the, uh, who was it? It was, um, it was Professor David Sinclair. And the last question he's asked, he's a professor of anti-aging, mm. is, is the interviewer said, if there's one thing you could advise everyone that they could do right now, mm. he said, learn to be hungry. Because that raises your growth hormone. I'll tell you what, we, if this was at the end of the podcast, I'd say we should, we should stop there, but it wouldn't be a good idea after 50 seconds. That's a, it'd be a very, very no, short no. What, what do we do? We can only go down from here. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm going to st start this podcast in a slightly different way to the, to the warm-up on Sunday. Um, I was reading an article, a very brief article, in the old Sunday Times Culture magazine, and I don't normally read that. Thing, but something caught my attention. It was Michael Keaton, the actor who has been in the wilderness or has decided to leave the the, the Hollywood uh, world for the last 20 years has now come back. Hence, this is one of his interviews. And one of the questions that the interviewer had, one of the first questions was, so, so tell me about uh, Batman. And his answer to that was, uh, quote, Let's talk about things that matter. Who cares about Batman? Now, that led me to the whole identity sort of thing, topic. Um, and this happens, I think, it's a classical uh, thing that happens in our society where you are, your identity is very often linked to your job or, or what you do for a living. And... That is different to when I was on the holiday, which I discussed with you the other day about when you go to Italy and when I was in my late teens trying to, to get that identity and to form my identity. I took it quite personally as an insult when all the Italians of the next generation and above were saying, so sorry, um, no, there's no point in you telling me your first name. Tell me who your father is and who your grandfather is or your grandmother. Then I'll know who you are. Um, and that, that's it. same and that's, yeah, exactly. And that's something that this article, my recent holiday, and finally, you know, when you do a lot of uh reflecting and a lot of thinking when you're on a holiday, you just literally in the little villages in Italy, there's nothing to do, and you just think and watch the world go by and watch the lake and have your second cup of uh coffee or cappuccino, whatever it is. And as we call them, cappuccio, we don't even call them cappuccino, obviously, not that would be too easy. Mm. Um, and then people say, sorry, you, so I'm looking at you, but I need to know who your family, what your family tree is, the brief version, then I'll know how to connect you to other people. And then that will make sense to me straight away. You, you, you have an immediate sense of identity. And you see what, 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 what a brilliant example you use of Michael Keaton, because, mm. Mm. um, if you, if you, if he always gave me the impression when he, in, when he was uh, in the first two-thirds of his career, mm. um, that there was not much going on in him at all, really. Um, you know, he always played the kind of softer characters and, mm. and a little bit unsure characters, which I'm sure was a reflection of himself. And the first time I thought, who is this amazing guy, was when he, when he played um, in that semi-horror 
comedy. I don't know if you know the one I'm referring to where it's... Um, Be- gosh, Beetlejuice? Was, that's right, Beetlejuice. And, yeah. Um, yeah. and he was just, he, he was uh, off the Richter scale. And, and then he did similar things. Um, and, and basically, he, he, uh, what he does is he, he's obviously not had a very solid identity. And as soon as he's got a mask... And of course, our personality comes from the Greek persona, which is mask anyway. Mm. So he's got an effective mask that is not his own. Therefore, he doesn't have any of his own vulnerability to show. He takes off. And, uh, he, and he's done that a couple of times, hasn't he? And did, was, did he not play in uh, star in, um, in uh, the, the film about McDonald's? I can't remember. I think it was him as well. Um, I've um, got actually the article in front of me, and I can see things that he's done... Um... He obviously did Beetlejuice a year before Batman. He mm-hmm. did Jackie Jackie Brown. Uh, he did The Birdman about seven years ago. That's uh, right. Six years ago, he did something called Spotlight. Um, something to do with the Catholic Church. But, so but again, character, you see, very those those yeah. are character parts. So he he, it's not he's playing much less himself. You see, a lot of actors will play themselves in you know with just a bit of different makeup on. Like um, Michael Caine, as an example. Per, well, precisely. And Sean Connery um, and, you yeah. know, all, all of them. Uh, well, not all of them, to be fair, but most of them. It's only the really great ones where they they seem to be able to change personality completely. And on reflection, maybe it's because they don't have a very solid one to start off with. Um, and indeed, we were talking about a mutual friend of ours who is a comedian. Yes. Um, and, and he will, his behavior and his persona will adjust perfectly to his environment um which which does beg the question as to what his true personality really is whereas one could one could one could say that you and i although we're able to fit in Mm. we we fit in we're not chameleons you know it's still going to be alexi it's still going to be theo yeah and and if we, we can even go once we've just talked about that interesting thing Mm. The, the the key thing to understand is that we're tribal where yeah. every living organism with self-awareness is a tribe works as a, works and functions in some kind of tribe or herd or flock and we are no different um and for us to function in a tribe there has to be a hierarchy and mm-hmm. therefore you have the position within that hierarchy and you have to know your position and of course a another word for position in the hierarchy is Role. Identity within identity. the hi- role, identity within the hierarchy, mm-hmm. and therefore, right now you have many different identities. You have your national identity, you have your um, family name identity. You've got your immediate family identity. Um, in other words, are you the husband, the father, the mother? Uh, are, then, of course, you've got your identity coming from your job, and that's even before you think of how you function in daily life style of identity. And of course, humans are not good at that. They're not good at thinking. They're not good at reflecting and analyzing. So they, so of course, what brought us out of the caves was religion. Yeah. And religion, religion is the culmination of, of eons of, of a man examining his, his uh, nature and trying to find out how he or she functions and trying to then, then knit it together in harmony. So religion is a transcontinental tribe, and the boss is God. And can you, then, you know, can you remind me, uh, Theo, of the example? Sorry to cut in on the example that you 
gave offline the other day about um, the when you pass away. I don't know if it, it was to do with, I don't know from where you got mm -hmm. that from to, to do with the. Uh, well, it was a great. You had it remembered, yeah. I think it's it's a it's an example that's used many times, and mm. uh, the film I was referring to was the Dream Seller, which right. is uh, the apparently the richest man in the world, um, focused on his job rather than his family, and and there was a in fact there's my son now banging my door because I'm his daddy, uh, and and so they unfortunately they get assassinated and he was meant to be in the plane with them, so then he gives up, and decides to uh, become a tramp and give up all worldly goods. And because of who he is, he invites the world's richest, most influential people. And uh, are we being, are you, can you hear all the banging from my son? Please? Don't worry, carry on. It's not, it's not, it's not an intrusive. Don't worry. He says, he says, uh, the, if you look around you, I've invited you to a graveyard and look at what's written on the gravestones. This is your lesson. Mm -hmm. It's all, here lies a loving father, grandfather, wife, husband. There is nothing about a, a brilliant CEO or the richest man in the world, or even great scientist. Yeah, I think I had the same example with um, with uh, something I was invited to from a work colleague a few years back, and uh, this comedian actor who would go and do these motivational sort of Christmas. Have a mixture of you know uh, thought provoking, entertaining. I don't know a few magic tricks, or whatever. But a very versatile guy and a very nice guy, very dynamic. Uh, really captivated the room of about thirty odd people. And he did the he did exactly the same with me. He sort of turned around and said, um, "Right, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to now you know get into a good you know a calm state of mind. And uh, now imagine what your funeral is going to be like. Where is it? Which? What's the location?" Um, what do you see? Who's good? Who more importantly, who's there? And then he builds you up in layers in terms of you know location, then the people, and then he says, right, what are they saying? What are they saying about you when they're reflecting on you and looking at their time that they spent with you and the experience they had with you? What are they saying? Are they saying what a great CEO he was and he brought the profits of that company up by thirty five percent over the last seven years? Or are they saying what a great father he was, or you were, sorry, or a great husband or uncle or whatever? And and I think for quite a few people in that room, it put a lot of things in perspective in a very short space of time. Yes, it does. And you gave me the example, didn't you, when you when you achieved a, a milestone at work and you told your son? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, it's... Um, you know, it, well, in in it was very. It's but then then that also galvanized really what what things are all about in terms of your, of your identity. You know, I can say I said to my son a few years back, and I said uh, in my new role at the time, and I said, well, you know, I'm really proud of this because I don't know how old he was at the time, about um, six or seven, five or six years old, and I said, well, I hope you're proud of Daddy. I'm world number one salesman in, uh, in, the, in, in this company. I've just received the award in front of the chief executive of the whole company. Um, and I've got some money as well and whatever, but I said, yeah, I'm very proud. And he was very proud for me. And But that lasted a few minutes because within about the space of about 10 or 15 minutes, it was, Daddy, can we play together? Daddy, mm. can, can we cuddle? Daddy, can we? 
And the they say part. that, yeah, they say that exactly. They say that having the kids, having kids, sorry, is is the best leveler you can ever have because it doesn't matter how important you think you are or which deal you think you've just you've just got over the line, and you know that you get a a, a dopamine hit or whatever it is, you, you feel fantastic for that. I don't know, half a day, an hour, whatever it is. End of the day, your son's, you know, your baby's vomiting all over the place, or your son needs you. He needs you. He's not vaguely interested in, in, in what. And we're going back to identity and what you've attached. You know, where where your identity is mainly focused on, which is your job, which for me is wrong. And I think that's got and that, and that causes insecurity. Uh, it causes him I mean, with this friend in common that we spoke about in the beginning you know when i i met him for the first time um you know he, he, i mean he's a lovely guy but he comes across you know quite confident uh speaks well has a, a, a very good uh a very is a very intelligent person has a very very good way of expressing his opinions on a variety yeah. of, of subjects extremely intelligent yeah oh, very exactly and uh, a pleasure to be in his company um but then within you know when you get you connect with someone um and you start to see the pattern of behavior you know what are they repeating what are they saying as an excuse to um avoid commitment or avoid a direct answer to something so you know, it's great to have small talk with somebody when you're on the first level. You know, you're just getting to know them. You're doing the weather, the how are you, what did you do on the weekend, blah, blah, blah. And then you start asking people how they are, you know, and they're genuine how they are, not just how are you, yes, fine, thanks. And from my side, I wasn't getting the answers really to my question. I was getting answers to other questions, <laughs> answers that were not really answers. They were just a way of batting the ball back to me well, the, and saying, um, you know, and, and saying, basically, can you not, can you not probe any anymore, please? If you don't know your identity, then mm. one of the other things you don't have is self-esteem because self-esteem right. is the rate of the amount of positivity with which you view yourself. But if you're not viewing yourself, you don't know what to do. Then of course you don't have the self-esteem and self-esteem is one of the key requirements for success in life. Because and if I, you have self-esteem, you act on your ideas. Um, and people right. who do not have self-esteem tend not to act on their ideas. And therefore, you can have quite senior people who you think, how on earth did they get there? But of mm. course, what they do is they behave as if they expect to succeed and they keep on acting. Whereas, you know, no matter how capable you are, no matter how clever you are, if you don't focus yourself properly and take the correct steps, then you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, and I think... Um... You know, when you don't have that identity or, as I call it, being comfortable with your own person, you know, being able to be in your own company. Now, I couldn't do that for, for, for many years. You know, whether you call it maturity, growing up, becoming a proper adult, whatever, or finding yourself, whatever the, the right term is. It took me quite a while until I was in my, in my 30s at the very least. But, and you're an and, immensely clever a guy with a strong culture, um, you know, relatively, you know, connected to religion, um, and and it took you time, and and the, the thing is, humanity is in big trouble at the moment because uh, yes. the the arrogance of science 
and and indeed philosophers such as such as um, I, you know I'm going to say it idiots like Nietzsche um, mm. who say that you know God doesn't exist God is dead and so on completely um, miss the point of how important the role of religion is and faith. So faith, faith is the human mind is clever enough to pose the questions, but not clever enough to answer them. And the and of course religion and faith, faith is the the way you the strength with which you believe in God. Um, in terms of religious faith, then it gives you peace of mind because immediately your questions are answered. And the problem is that they've got rid of that, and then. Um, if you believe in conspiracy theories, and for, I'll give you an example. The Rockefellers funded the Women's Lib and the CIA funded the main feminist magazine. Why? Because they wanted to get women to work. Why? To destroy the family unit. Why? So you can have more mo people earning money and paying tax. And also, you then have children without family values who mm. then can be indoctrinated by the state. Mm. And indeed, what's happened? The family unit, even tax breaks were removed, weren't they? So the family unit has been destroyed. Men and women are both expected to work, and kids have to look after themselves a lot of the time. It's an absolute disgrace. So now you're peeling away layers of identity. You're peeling away your religion. You're peeling away uh, your proper role within the home. You're peeling away um, the, uh, the the national identity and through wokeness. So now what this you know this this plague of wokeness means that everyone is the same no we're not we're all different that's the whole point but we have the same rights but we're different i mean how you know you know you can be tall and short that's different okay you're not going to fit into the same suit you know men and women are different thank god okay um and and they have different roles so classically women are more agreeable than men um, and so they don't ask for promotion, which is the main reason why they don't get uh, promoted or get as much pay as men on the whole. Um, although that that is changing because they women are being brainwashed to behave like men. But then, of course, they're forgetting to be mothers and and wives. And then so the families are suffering. And then the other problem is that we're getting increasing economic uncertainty. So the other thing that's happening is going back to the doomsday is people identify with their jobs. So-and-so the tailor, so-and-so the butcher, so-and-so the blacksmith. That's going. Now we're being told you can't expect to stay in the same job for a long period of time, forget careers. And again, that's nonsense. And I can tell you now, I've treated patients who have gone through the most horrific childhood trauma, and I can treat them more easily than someone who's been ripped out of their career. Wow. That's a hell of a statement. I, I think um, we were talking offline a couple of days ago about the why well, I was starting it. And I even said, you know, while we're having a chat, let's be careful about going down the rabbit hole of uh, not going into detail about the coronavirus. This is not what this podcast is about. Um, however, the example is a great one. You know, the pandemic has caused restrictions in most countries in the world where people's freedoms have been taken away. We know that. You've had to work from home, not going to the office. So your identity of being one of the work colleagues in whatever position you are, rank, whether you've got a big office, small office, you have a hot desk, whatever, that's been taken away. Um, but I think on a slightly more positive note, um, people have had to reflect. People have had to stay within the four walls and had to think and be with 
the wife, husband, boyfriend, whatever, long for longer periods of time than they would ever have imagined. Uh, you know, they're with them maybe a few hours a day, and now they're with them 14, 15 hours a day uh, because of the lockdowns that, that, that most countries have had, especially in Europe. Um, and some people that I have, you know, personally met, I've had, it's quite funny, isn't it? A hundred years later, I've had, I've reflected and they've either had children, uh, had children during lockdowns because obviously they had more time on their hands. And then suddenly there's quite a few people that either made a couple of decisions that I'm, that I've personally seen. One, let's get out of the city. Let's move to the country. Let's not wait another 10 years for this to happen. Let's do it now. So I know the real estate agents in the UK were really, really busy during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, there, there were tax breaks as well, fair enough, but still, uh, it was, you know, there were huge, there was huge demand. But also a lot of people have reflected upon their roles. So you were talking about, you know, we're tribal, uh, if we're talking about the heterosexual family, you know, the mother, the father, the, the kids, suddenly the very career-hungry uh, mother and in some cases the fathers as well because uh, we are in a modern society whether you believe in that or not but they've gone you know what we don't we both don't need to work this is ridiculous why are we bringing our children to childminders and and giving them to friends or whatever so we can have a longer time at work it doesn't make any sense i want mm. to be there when they're growing up this no, is ridiculous you, you just reminded me of a of an exceptionally clever uh friend of mine who who's a, a phd from oxford and uh, she um she was working in the city and she gave it up when her boss told her more balls <laughs> and she looked at me and said but i'm a woman <laughs> uh, but uh, but but the 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 pandemic mm. has uh well not the pandemic because of course according to our other podcast the potential isn't even a pandemic but but um yeah. uh, the effects of lockdown are um vastly negative but you're right one of the things that that it has done uh, is it again reflected actually in in studies of economic catastrophe um done uh years before uh, this current lockdown and what they found for instance is that even in greece in the credit crunch with with economic disaster the lifespan of the national lifespan rose by eight months reason is that they had to they were forced to give up the stresses of modern life and move mm. in with their grandparents so you now had three generations living in the same household reconnecting Interesting. living off the grandmother's pension um and and indeed the, in uh, rosetta a little village in ottawa back at the in the last century after the second world war they they also studied them because they were not dying of cardiovascular disease at all uh the lowest in america apparently and they found their diet was worse. Their exercise was not as good as the rest of the country. But again, three generations living in the same home. And they emphasized in their summary, everyone's roles were respected. Mother, father, grandparents, sons, daughters, everyone fitted in to their roles. So that's good. But, of course, with this idiotic stuff about social distancing and masks mm. then then the community is being torn apart not only that but but remember remember what i said about faith it's fundamental but humans lack the ability to know to recognize who or what to have faith in this is the problem mm. it's mm. okay 
if it's been designed over centuries mm. by very careful people algorithmically, such as religion, and even mm. then that can be used and abused, mm. but we are programmed, you see the psychological term of requiring faith is cognitive dissonance. If you're not mm. sure about something, what you do is you you smooth out that psychological discomfort by plumping for one decision. And lots of research has been done. And once you make a decision, you get more attached to it, even if it's wrong. And you'll find reasons to justify it to the extent that you can even be asked to choose a card between a number of cards. And when the researcher asks why you chose that card, but what they'll do is they'll give you a different card. <laughs> they'll double card you. And 90% of the people will answer and justify why they chose that card, which actually wasn't the card they chose because they think it was their choice. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so people choose to align and have faith in certain, certain things. And usually it's the global narrative, the crowd narrative, which is social media and social media, as we know, transmits fake news six times faster than real news. Mm. And, and so people are now aligning with completely the wrong uh, identities and ideals and guidance. And also they're, they're, they're segregating into vaxxers and anti-vaxxers, highly destructive to what makes us function because we're tribal and hierarchical. It's, that's all we are. I think, I think two things have come to mind as you were talking. Um, one is... One is uh, you've heard, you've seen this probably many times. I've experienced it myself in in uh, in, in in a in a in a shape and form. Uh, thank God, nothing too serious. But you know, when you have a health scare in your life, you know, God forbid, whether it be cancer or or something not as uh, severe or as serious, mm. um, it, it 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 doesn't matter. You know, going back to what you said in the beginning, now in a different context, it doesn't matter how intelligent you are how you know how uh, wealthy you are um what standing you think you have in society that has been mainly you know created with your own in your own head it you suddenly are the leveler you're humbled you know you're just worrying about the basics about keeping the roof over your head being healthy surviving getting stronger recuperating and then something happens not to everybody some people just stay arrogant or stubborn or whatever it may be but a lot of people that i've met or seen indirectly or directly become very humble very grateful very thankful um to uh, to suddenly be supported and what is happening in a very obvious but weird way is you're suddenly getting that little community whether that be in the hospital whether that be uh, when you're at home and people are coming to visit you that maybe don't visit you that often even neighbors that you've either never met before or rarely spoken to, suddenly you've you know, temporarily, whether you continue that onward afterwards, is, is some people do, um, a lot don't. But in that moment, you've got your little community. You have your support network. You're right. You, people coalesce naturally, you see. Yes, yes. Um, but yes. they need similarity. But similar, similarity can be quite tenuous. Uh, mm. So, for instance, I'll... I'll um, um, one of the effects that lockdown had is I stopped going to the gym, obviously because they were closed. Um, and I started going, working out with fitness bands in the park, which actually are far more effective and safer than weights. But 
um, over the months, what's happened is everyone started talking to me. And initially, of course, you know, yeah. people were cr crawling around the edges of um, the pathways like frightened rabbits. But that pretty quickly settled down in 99.9%. .9 and that, even that 1% has, has uh, disappeared in vapor somewhere now. Mm. Um, and, and they talk to you. And some of them will just stop and talk to you. Um, and in fact, the, just uh, the other day, this is a wonderful old guy. I always have time for him because he's got such good energy. Um, mm. we're, we're having a little talk and, and uh, he'd just taken his kid, grandchildren to school. And I asked him, what's he doing the rest of the day? He says, reading, I love reading. And he told me about a couple of interesting books and he walked off. And as I was leaving the park, he, I saw him hurrying back in and he gave me a book. How cool is that? Um, wow. And uh, so there you go. Dave is his name, by the way. So thank you, Dave. Much appreciated. Um, on that, I, I mean, I, I need to ask you the question because of your experience and your insight um, into this. What? How, I mean, I'm going to ask you maybe a difficult question because it's difficult to put it in a few minutes or to express it in a few minutes. Sorry. How, do, how does somebody, anybody listening to this or uh, wants to find... Uh, how do you find your identity? How do you, or if you have a basic level of identity, you know, a first layer, how do you work on your identity? Well, it's how so easy. It's role. The first thing is role. So right. the amount of people who say to me, wow, I, I was going through stress. I just remember what you told me. I am a, uh, I mean, the last two examples, both of them were ladies. I'm mm. a mom. I'm mm. a wife. That's incredibly powerful for me to focus on, they say. It gives me reassurance and peace of mind. Because all, all I know is once I align to that identity, remind myself of it, then I have to make sure I'm doing it well. And I am. Um, then, um, but uh, fun, even fun, more fundamental to that, which is something I have to teach because people will not do it, is how do they function? Um, in other words, uh, you know, do they like caring for people or do they please people? Um, a very, very powerful tool for life is pattern recognition. And some people are natural pattern recognizers. And that's one of the things I'm good at. And if you can apply pattern recognition to things, you're suddenly very good at a broad spectrum of things, music, art, languages, um, you know, depending on what other aptitude you have on top of that. Um, medicine look at you know looking at patterns of symptoms and putting them together um some people are great analysts they, they're able to analyze and think through things especially you know heavy right shifters the the binary thinkers who can li literally think in zeros and ones digitally so they're very they tend to be very good software programmers accountants um uh, uh barristers you know the law right and wrong and and so on mm. so so absolutely and then if you know how you function you can then choose much more effectively choose careers if you haven't already been self-selected for it but how do you go back to oh i'll ask a more specific well, question but then also you can you can how do you like say, yourself what's, what's my how do you my get to like name? yourself forget, and you, but i should have said think about yeah. your family too your mm. that's your identity mm. think about your culture that's your identity so mm. you know if you're some kind of you know if you're italian greek connect more with that because why because you have a background in it. It's familiar and comfortable to you. Mm. Um, so go ahead, you're asking me about... Uh... No, I was asking about uh, uh, sort of how do you... you know, I talked to it right from the beginning about you know, how, to be, uh, 
happy to be in your own company, uh, you know, that you like yourself and love yourself. I hear those sentences a lot on TV programs, on agony aunts, you know, oh, you have to love yourself first before somebody else can love you. Well, it's a very, very easy sentence to say, but actually, does, but do people really understand what that means? Because we looked at the other side of the coin with our friend in common of, mm. you know, the, the, the lack of confidence, the lack of self-esteem that is so obvious to you and I whether you are trained in as, as a psychiatrist and I'm not, and I'm a deep, you know, a reasonably good observer. It's, it's just, it's so, you know, blatantly obvious. Well, most, most people are traumatized beyond redemption, you know, right. either micro traumatized or majorly traumatized um, right. to ever really be comfortable themselves. Mm. Um, I mean, it's, it's fundamental that the, the, the stresses and the bad treatment that we go through. And, and of course, exponentially worsened by social media it has to be said um and and uh so it's very hard i mean there was a professor called professor pennybecker who who got his students to simply write about difficult events in their life and mm. just the mere act of writing about it improved their mental and physical health and cognitive function so they'd better in exams why because it dropped their cortisol so one one way through that is to first of all look at traumas uh, and then what you do is you have to unblock the traumas and then you look at self-affirmations. So you literally simple stuff, unbelievably powerful stuff. Why? Because what you expect is how you feel. So I'm good. I'm strong. You might not believe it, but if you repeat it a few times, you will start believing it. They've done grip tests. So if you grip something hard and you say something you don't believe, your grip automatically weakens and they will begin to strengthen as, as long as soon as you repeat it. Equally, if you're told bad things, if you're told you're an idiot, stop, don't do that, mm. then then that lowers your self-esteem. You absorb that. That becomes your expectation. And so another thing to tell someone is, what is the best that you can ever be? The best version of yourself. Correct. Yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yourself, don't forget about the best version. Yourself is who is the best you can be. Mm -hmm. That's it. So you can polish yourself. You can go, okay, um, let me have a look at what I'm good at. Can I be better? Because no, if you're not good at something, there's no point in, in, in um, trying to get brilliant at it because you're not good at it anyway. But if you're good at something, become superb at it to the extent that I've even had patients who are psychopaths and they come to me stressed, not liking themselves because society puts them under a certain pressure of expectation to be nicer people. <laughs> and when I, when I, when I gently remove that, that pressure and I say, you don't really care, do you? And I say, well, actually, no, I don't. Um, then, then, but people say, what you're telling them to, to not care. And what well, I say, look, you, the this best you can be oh. is yourself, you see. Mm -hmm. And if you're open and honest, then people will interact with you on that level. You know, you're not going to damage other people because they come in full knowledge and they're consenting to contact with you and interaction with you. Um, and of course, a lot of a great proportion of CEOs compared to the general population of psychopaths. Um, but if you try and put a veneer of charm, then you cause damage when your true self comes out. AKA, I mean, you know, look at Boris Johnson, pretends to be charming all the time, but he is a narcissistic psychopath, a nasty piece of work. And, and he's causing great damage to everyone he comes into contact with in the end. Mm. And I think it links to the, to the, so the, the, the comment I made in the beginning is you can only 
again, I'm simplifying, but if you're not comfortable in yourself and you're not comfortable with who you are, which is a big part of you having your identity full stop, having an identity, a confirmed identity, knowing who you are, um, then you're going to attract, again, back to our friend in common, you're going mm. to attract a certain, well, two, two things happen, in my opinion. You attract a certain type of person. So you will be projecting a persona, uh, an act, that will then attract somebody who likes or is similar to, to you, to what mm. you're projecting. So you'll have, but that's because you're not being sincere with yourself. And then it's stressful, isn't it? It's stressful because then you're having to keep that act up. Up to, uh, altogether. But also what happens is that you become more and more, not more and more uh, depressed, but more and more, yeah, I suppose depressed, but insecure. Because surely, I mean, um, this leads, to, leads me to another question. And it's something I've thought about quite a few times is, do you think, and I'm asking a direct question, do you think most people, let's say general society, you know, your, your general, whatever it is, electrician, carpenter, plumber, whatever, people who go out to work, drop their kids off, normal people in the street. Do you think most people, not including the pandemic that we've gone through, which has made people stop and think, which we discussed already, do you think that most people either um, um, would don't, don't understand what identity is or don't think about it or don't realize how important it exactly, is Exactly, because most people can't think and the reason they can't think stop properly is because 90 percent of whatever we do is emotional mm. and therefore emotional is reflex so there's very little logic in whatever we think or mm -hmm. do to the extent that even if um we have an opinion and we figure out in our minds that we're mm -hmm. wrong we still won't really face it we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll just look for um bias confirmation bias to to reaffirm our original opinion very hard to shift you out of something will that will that go as far as you trying to convince yourself that you are okay in okay general? in terms of what as in terms of in terms of you know um where you're going in life in terms of happiness you know i don't you, think you... people even think about that do they they, they just I'm, I'm asking the question no, they don't. Well, the thing is, people don't do much thinking about that on the whole, mm -hmm. um, even if they're not particularly happy. They'll just go on and do what they think they need to do and what they're told to do by society. Well, Karen doing what they've always and, done. And, and, and look, you know, the, the, what we what the government has discovered, because, of course, governments, democracies haven't been leading properly for decades yeah, and, yeah, yeah. until this imaginary pandemic comes about. Um, and, you know, we've talked about statistics in other podcasts that some countries have not even a blip of excess mortality. Um, and since the average age of death is greater than the average lifespan, then people are dying who would have died anyway. And that's, in the, that's in the reasons for now. So, so um, the, the, the people, what's, what's happened is um, that people are led too easily by authority because we're, we're programmed to respond to authority countless studies or even destructively indeed problems because um very soon they, they it was the psychologist had to educate them and said look it's not the individuals who've committed these atrocities it is the times they were in and the roles they were put in and indeed, Alexander Solzhenitsyn said the same thing as he was, as he was lying in the uh, gulag hearing the the talk 
was around him. And he, he man was capable of any atrocity um, given, given the wrong uh, environment. So are, you, so are you saying that the, for example, if we take this pandemic as an example where we, where I would say people, whether, when, whether you go from the national level down to the individual level, or the individual is not even linking to his own nationality, whether it be British or whatever. Are, no, you saying because, are you saying that because there is a lack of identity, people are even more easily led? That's correct. Because, mm. because we need, we're, we're looking for things to lead us constantly. To, to latch on to. That's right, because we need direction, we need purpose. Mm. Um, and and that's, that's, the, that's why every, people always segregate out into factions. Uh, and why, you know, even in, in, even in this international country, uh, you, you, there are you, you can drive through London and you know what the nationality is is the is the majority of people living in that area. You know True. whether it's whether it's uh, Pakistanis, whether it's um, uh, Arabs, Ita whether it's Italians, whether it's Greeks, yeah, um, yeah. whether it's Jewish, um, whether it's Nigerians. You know you you know the area you're driving through. Uh, because people don't like mixing, and it's it's on a biological level, on a mirror neuron level, people's mirror neurons do not respond to other races that they do not in, uh, they, they do not feel they relate to. Um, and I, I think when I was walking around, like many of us uh, during the pandemic, we were allowed our one daily walk. If you remember, I even just saying that's so absurd. That's uh absolutely ridiculous but anyway moving on um did you, did you hear by the way that that mm -hmm. uh, back in february they were telling people when it was icy to walk like a penguin they actually <laughs> thought that that was proper advice <laughs> and and don't murder your grandmother by kissing her hmm? or hugging her oh don't, don't we I, as i said we don't want to get into that it's a different podcast but i i think mm -hmm. that i think i think what startled me what really you know made me uh what shocked me in a way was that when I was going on those 45 one hour walk, 45 minute one hour walks is I mentioned, I remember mentioning this to you quite a few times or a few times. And I said, I find it amazing. I, I'm not expecting a conversation. I'm not expecting, obviously not that we can't shake hands. Um, but eye contact they were, I mean, out of maybe 20 people that I came across, I would say comfortably, 18 would not give me eye contact mm. at all. Now, my, Two my, would. My Two would, would duties are calling. Alexa, I'm so sorry. My father duties are calling. I understand. But, well, look, to... Thank you very much on that note. Thank you for your time. Well, actually, there you go. Fatherly duties. So the, the greatest <laughs> identity. And I didn't hesitate to understand exactly why you need to go. So thank yeah, you very much. Father, dad is the best identity for me. Of course it is. Uh, it gives of course the it most is. joy, the most purpose the, the most calmness it's the most beautiful thing in the world it certainly is all right take care have a good evening or good morning <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodbye speak soon right, bye bye, take, bye.